Connects talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we're discussing Rebiota, the first fecal microbiome therapy, and PureTech's new CBD pill. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks for coming. Let's start off with a story about a new FDA approval for the very first fecal microbiome therapy for recurrency difficile infection. So Swiss company Faring Pharmaceuticals has won a pretty historic approval from the FDA for its fecal transplant-based therapy, Rebiota, um, to reduce the recurrence of bacterial infection. The therapy is the first of its kind to be approved in the U.S., so Rebiota is approved for preventing the recurrence of C. difficile infection, or CDI, in individuals 18 years of age and older. It's specifically indicated for use after completion of an antibiotic treatment for recurrent CDI. So C. difficile, of course, is a superbug that can cause serious and life-threatening diarrhea. And according to the FDA, the infection causes about 500,000 illnesses and is associated with 15,000 to 30,000 deaths a year in the U.S. The use of certain antibiotics can contribute to infection caused by C. difficile, and this is because um, certain antibiotics can disrupt the balance of bacteria in the gut. Now, if that happens, that can allow bacteria like C. difficile to take over by quickly multiplying, and if they do so, then they accumulate and release toxins, and that can cause a lot of GI issues such as diarrhea. Factors that can contribute to um, susceptibility to C. difficile infection include a weakened immune system, being over the age of 65, and hospitalization as well. So the risk of recurrence of CDI increases with each infection, and treatment options for recurrent CDI are limited. So, you know, the administration of fecal microbiota is thought to facilitate uh, restoration of the gut flora to prevent further episodes of uh, CDI. Now, rebiota is not indicated for the first occurrence of C. difficile infection. So the drug is delivered via enema, and it's designed to help restore bacterial balance in the gut. And it's formulated by extracting gut microorganisms from human stool donated by individuals that qualify as uh, donors. Now, so both donors and donated stool um, have to be tested for transmissible pathogens, but there is still a risk of transferring infectious agents through this uh, therapy. And uh, another concern is that Rebiota could contain food allergens, and that, of course, could pose an unknown risk for food allergen-related adverse reactions. Um, So while Rebiota is the first of its kind pharmaceutical therapy, the concept of uh, treating the gut via fecal matter-derived bacteria is not new at all. So despite being classified as investigational by the FDA, um, and therefore it's 
actually pretty loosely regulated, fecal microbiota transplants, or FMT, um, are actually regularly and routinely performed um, to treat CDI, and they're performed uh, through a colonoscopy or upper endoscopy. Now, Rebiota's uh, approval was granted based on data from a clinical trial program that uh, consisted of six studies involving over a thousand participants and uh, 978 of whom were treated with Rebiota. And of the individuals that received uh, the drug, 70% were cleared of infection within eight weeks compared with 58% in the placebo group. So other microbiome therapies uh, in the works include series therapeutics um, drug, which is awaiting FDA approval, and a decision on that is expected in April of 2023 next year. And last year, the company actually partnered with Nestle to market the drug once it's approved. And uh, in terms of Rebiota, Faring Pharmaceuticals uh, still has to disclose the list price of the treatment um, in terms of what it would cost. So I wanted to get your thought on this uh, very novel approval for a treatment um, featuring fecal matter. Yeah, um, I was kind of um, thinking, like, what would the general population think about such a treatment, right? right. Um, I think it's mostly people um, that have experienced these conditions and that know how, like, bad and uncomfortable it is um, to have, like, a C. difficile infection. I think they are, of course, probably more open to such a therapy. Um but I think with this new FDA approval, I think the general population will likely be um, more open to these types of therapeutics. And perhaps some people, if they're healthy, um, um, this will spread the word that there is the opportunity to be a donor, right, for, mm. for such um, therapies and development. Right. Yeah, good point. And did you know about FMTs or fecal matter transplants and those being sort of, you know, a kind of standard of care for C. difficile infections? I've heard of them. I just didn't know they were standard of care for anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, a few years ago, I want to say, watched a video, uh, a YouTube video about fecal matter transplants. And um, mm. this, the, the person who was reporting on it, uh, you know, attempted to donate his own fecal matter and the oh. process um you know is very very involved it has to be exactly what they're looking for mm -hmm. and it seems like you know uh there are very specific requirements in order to qualify as a donor but i had heard of it before i just didn't know you know that it was such a prevalent and necessary um thing it, it seems so odd at its core but i <laughs> yep. think i think it's great to normalize it and and have more treatments for 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 things like this yeah odd is definitely the word and unexpected um like i i had also heard about fmts but i didn't know they were routinely used to to treat um you know c difficile infections and um, not, you know, 100% regulated, but um, yeah, and then now you have this treatment in a formal 
you know, pharmaceutical format. So it's really great to see. And I do wonder like what goes into like you're saying, Sydney, it's a very complicated process because I just wonder how they go about even extracting what they need and how how they know exactly what they need because the gut has so many different, you know, types of um, bacteria, microflora. It's a very complex uh, kind of situation in your gut. So uh, I really wonder how they're able to figure it out. Or it's probably not that complicated. Maybe they just take a sample and like, you know what, all this bacteria is probably needed in the body. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, very, very cool. Um, I think once people get past the the idea of having like fecal matter and in, 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 in taking that, but uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was a really cool approval and very, very uh, interesting. All right, let's move on to our next story. And this is about a new CBD pill um, that a company called PureTech is developing. So clinical stage biotech company PureTech Health announced last week that it's developing a new oral CBD therapeutic candidate that has improved bioavailability and tolerability. And this could expand use of the CBD pro drug in a wide range of indications and age groups. So the CBD candidate capsule and CBD, of course, uh, cannabidiol, which is a a derivative of the cannabis plant, um, is called LYT310, and it was developed using PureTech's proprietary Glyph platform, and it's expected to advance into clinical studies in the latter part of 2023. And PureTech Health says that um, this new CBD pill could help treat both rare and more common forms of epilepsy and other central nervous system disorders. Of course, um, I think the only pill or the only drug, I'm sorry, out that um, is approved to treat epilepsy, and that is CBD-based, is Jazz Pharma's Epidiolex, and that was approved a couple of uh, years ago in 2018. So uh, PureTech's CBD drug candidate was shown to have a three to four-fold increase in oral exposure compared with unmodified CBD in a fasted state, and the company said that this could potentially mean improved safety and reduced side effects. So PureTech is also developing another CBD candidate, so this would be its second one. And as I mentioned, uh, this new CBD pro drug will be going up against Jazz Pharma's Epidiolex. And uh, Epidiolex is an oral solution, and it's indicated for the treatment of seizures associated with uh, two very rare types of epilepsy, Lennox-Gastaut syndrome and Dravet syndrome, in patients two years of age and older. In 2022, Epidiolex was approved for another indication, and uh, that is uh, seizures associated with tuberous sclerosis complex, or TSC. So Jazz Pharma actually bought out Epidiolex developer GW Pharmaceuticals um, to get the drug in a deal that was worth $7.2 billion in 2021. So that's uh, quite a blockbuster deal there. And kind of showing the market for um, CBD-based uh, drugs, essentially. Now, another benefit of PureTech's uh, CBD oral pill uh, candidate is that it doesn't contain sesame seed oil. So 
Pedialux, uh, Jazz Pharma's Pedialux, contains this uh, sesame seed oil, and that restricts its use for some individuals. Um, but PureTex CBD capsule uh, capsule overcomes this issue because it's in an oral pill form. And the capsule formulation also allows for achieving higher doses in so for some patients, such as adolescents and, and adults, so that um, it can have a greater therapeutic effect. The other, some of the other benefits of an oral capsule form of CBD include um, the price being cheaper and also the potential for better safety and reduced GI side effects uh, through reduced exposure to the GI tract and liver. And so GI tract uh, related adverse effects uh, is a problem that is associated with a PDLX. So uh, as I mentioned, um, PureTech's new CBD drug candidate was developed using uh, a chemistry system called Glyph. And um, it's so the way the drug is formulated through the system is that it's designed to leverage the lymphatic system's natural lipid absorption and transport process to allow for the oral administration of therapeutics. So the way this drug and other drugs created using um, the company's proprietary system, it involves um, reversibly linking a drug to a dietary fat molecule. And so this allows for the drug to be taken up directly into the systemic circulation by bypassing the liver and instead being rooted directly uh, from the gut, where the lipid is digested and processed, to lymphatic vessels. So PureTech's other CBD uh, oral capsule candidate, uh, LYT300, is currently being evaluated in a multi-phase part, um, in a, sorry, a multi-part phase one trial, evaluating its oral bioavailability, safety, and tolerability, as well as its optimal dosing. And um, they were able to achieve the first objective earlier this year in the trial, uh, showing that the drug uh, achieved around a ninefold higher bioavailability than that of orally administered um, version of, of uh, the drug, of, sorry, of uh, CBD. So the phase one trial is expected to be complete by the end of the year with plans to begin a phase 1B to a clinical trial in 2023 based on the phase one data. Now, big pharma companies um, are definitely in on um, medicinal on the medicinal CBD market, and it's currently wide open because um, really there are very few products. Pedialux is, is probably is the only product out there, um, and uh, so big companies are trying to get in. So last year, Pfizer struck a six point seven billion dollar deal with Arena Pharmaceuticals for its cannabinoid type therapeutic portfolio. And Pedialux um, continues to do well. Uh, net product sales of the drug grew by 22% to $196.2 million in the third quarter of 2022, compared to the same time period last year. So I wanted to get your uh, yeah, opinions on this new CBD pill and how you see sort of the CBD, um, medicinal CBD market growing and uh, what direction you see it, it going? Yeah, well, I actually um, didn't know that CBD can treat epilepsy. Um, so that was new to me. 
And um, I've heard that it, I mean, yeah, I guess we all um, know it could help with like CNS uh, disorders and, um, and that space, but epilepsy, I didn't know. Um, and I was just kind of interested, like if the previously approved um, CBD based drugs, the Epidiolex, so you mentioned that it has like sesame seed oil and because mm -hmm. of that, it's restricted for use in some individuals. I'm just wondering like, why would sesame seed oil, is it, is it? Allergies, oh. right? So some people might be allergic to sesame seed oil. Oh. And so that's why it restricts the use for them. Oh, I guess they had to yeah. have included some type of um, edible oil if it is given in... Um, Oral, yeah, it's given as an oral solution, right? So um, it needs to be formulated with some kind of, uh, I guess, an agent, like an oil, for it to be uh, administered and so, or to be formulated, essentially. But um, having it in capsule form, in a pill form, overcomes that issue. Yeah, I thought this was a good example of like how today, you know, clinical trials, um, they're always comparing a drug to the standard of care. It's it's usually mm -hmm. that it's more so common than like a placebo with nothing, right? So this right. is this is um, a very good example of that I found. Yep. We also, you know, we talk about CBD in the food realm yes. as well. Um, and there's, you know, some skeptical thoughts around, you know, putting CBD in food and beverage products, but I think when, you know, we're actually seeing patients being helped, especially with seizures, and you said tuberculosis as well. Um, um, it said, oh, sorry. It's, yeah, it sounds similar to tuberculosis. Oh, no, not tuberculosis. Tuber sclerosis complex. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. <laughs> I misheard <Yeah>. that. <laughs> sorry. Um, no, I, I'm glad to see sort of like the the stigma i guess around mm. cbd lessening a little bit and and actually deals being made um if it's helping people and cbd also this is a little bit off topic but i i think people give it to their dogs as well mm. um to help them and and calm them down as well i i think it it it, it We've only just hit the tip of the yeah. iceberg, I think, with the potential of CBD in the pharmaceutical industry. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where uh, where where it goes in the future. Yeah, those are great points. Like, there's definitely been so much stigma around CBD, and just because it's it just came it comes from like a leisure recreational background, right? Where people have been using it for. Uh, you know, other purposes, but, um, and, you know, you've heard about so many health claims and, you know, it helps with uh, pain management and, um, and obviously here, uh, PDLX is indicated for, approved for treating seizures and or the symptoms of seizures. So it's, um, it's definitely come a long way, I think. And I think we're just going to see more and more um, CBD uh, medicinal CBD products uh, coming out and like the fact that huge pharma companies like Pfizer are, are striking huge deals with like smaller companies and really trying to get into the market I think it's uh, very promising and um, speaks to the, speaks to the promise of CBD based um, treatments and um, I think it's it's a very exciting time and uh, we'll definitely be seeing more CBD in the pharma world for sure. It also reminded me of um, how psilocybin 
uh, is being tested and, and used to treat um, some mental health um, issues as well and how, you know, like how much stigma has to be overcome for that to become normalized as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point too. Like it's, uh, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that there is stigma around so many, around, you know, certain things. Um, but again, like it's, the stigma comes from, I guess, just the way things are treated. Like with CBD, you know, it's like there were so many health claims going around for the past couple of decades. It's like, oh, it can do this. It's the magic thing and blah, blah, blah. But unless you, until you have the research to back it, I think that's what contributes to the to the stigma. It's like, well, it hasn't really been shown to do anything. But now that we are seeing the research that when we are seeing development of products, um, some we're seeing scientific backing i think it's it's definitely going to be erasing that stigma and also you know regulation is important we talk a lot about that uh both on the pharma and food side right um i think people are skeptic skeptical also of products when they're not regulated and it's just a free-for-all but now that you know you have drugs going through the regulatory processes um, so that definitely builds confidence and overcomes helps overcome that skepticism. So, All right, that's the end of this episode of the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X-Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X-Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.